0: But for now, James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from your desires that battle within you you desire but do not have so you kill you covet but you cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask God when you ask You do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures.
1: What a year it is. Uh, We thought 2020 was bad enough. Do you remember celebrating the end of 2020 with memes like this one? Whatever you do, don't set the time machine to 2020 ever again. And then along comes 2021, and we find ourselves in another lockdown, a longer lockdown with more serious COVID numbers around us and less resilience to keep fighting on. Cooped up in lockdown, stuck in Groundhog Day, longing for life to get back to something that even looks like normal, even if it's a new normal. And if you are feeling the strain, I am with you. We're in the middle of a tough time. Yes, we know other parts of the world have had an even tougher time. In God's kindness, we've escaped much of the worst of COVID, But it's still hard, isn't it? And it seems to be getting harder right now. You might be feeling scared. You might be feeling angry. You probably are feeling isolated and somewhat alone. What does God have to say to us in this hard place? What does God have to offer us in this hardship? Can God speak into our suffering with anything that will bring us comfort? That's what we'll be exploring over the next three Sundays. We're going to lean into our feelings of isolation and loneliness to look at what God has to say to us in this hard place. Now, it won't be all butterflies and lollipops because God treats us like grown-ups. And his comfort is sometimes challenging. We'll be asking some hard questions and perhaps finding some hard answers. And over the three weeks... We'll be trying to work out how God meets us in our aloneness and offers us something better than just an end to lockdown. So we're at point one. Is it not just COVID? Have you noticed that we've been learning things throughout lockdown? I'm not really just talking about, you know, how to bake sourdough or um, how to use virtual Zoom backgrounds. I'm talking a little bit more deeply Have you learned things about yourself and about how you relate to other people? Now, I know that you will find this hard to believe, but uh, sometimes I'm not as patient with idiots as I thought I was. Don't worry, I haven't done the full COVID rage thing yet. I'm keeping it under control. But I have learned in lockdown a few things about my tolerance levels, and I suspect you have too. COVID is the big disruptor of our relationships right now, but it's not the only thing that disrupts relationships, even at the moment. I read an interesting article about this in the Sydney Morning Herald just a couple of weeks ago up on the screen. It was a fascinating article. The author, she, she experienced an ugly confrontation involving an impatient driver. Is it the stress of COVID that makes us cruel to those Around us or do we need to dig a little bit deeper and face up to a few hard realities perhaps this Guardian article is a little bit closer to the truth if COVID is the perfect excuse what happens when COVID isn't around any longer what do I say about my bad behavior Is there a more profound root problem behind our relationship struggles that is perhaps amplified by the stress of COVID and by the the social isolation of lockdown? And perhaps some of the more honest COVID memes start hinting in this direction, don't they? I like this one. Don't worry about the lockdown, we can now spend time as a happy family. Yep, and you know how that ends. You know, um, history also tells us something very interesting in this space. You you probably know the last great pandemic to grip our world was the 1918 Spanish flu. It's estimated that one-third of the world's population became infected and a massive 50 million people died from the Spanish flu. That number seems astronomical, even with the numbers that are flying around at the moment. 50 million deaths from one pandemic. Yet, in the two world wars that were either side of that pandemic, we humans managed to kill an estimated 80 to 120 million other humans and we didn't use a virus to do so. If you're trying to identify the biggest threat to human life on this planet, viruses can be bad. But the evidence suggests that we human beings are capable of even worse. Can I bring it a little bit closer to home for you? In your own extended family, chances are you have relatives who don't talk to each other. Why does Auntie Catherine not talk to her brother anymore? Why does that cousin refuse to relate to that cousin? Why does that whole family not come to Christmas when that other family are there? The issue is not just a virus, is it? Let me read to you again some of the verses at the end of our passage that was just read for us from the book of James. I'm reading from uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It's not just COVID, is it? There is something about us humans. And the Bible puts its finger right on the issue in these verses. It's something about us. This disconnect problem being felt around our world right now has deep roots back into our earliest history. It's not just COVID that has created this disconnect. We've been struggling with disconnection for a long time because there is something about us humans that we need to face up to. The disconnect problem starts with us. The disconnect begins deep within each one of us. The Bible says that it flows out of those, those desires that battle deep within us. Now, desires don't sound like bad things, do they? Isn't it good to have desires? You might desire to care for the environment. Perhaps you desire to to eradicate cruelty to animals. Maybe for you, your desires are about uh, helping people in poverty throughout the world. Desires don't sound like bad things to be motivated by. But if you look closely at the verse, there are clues about why these desires can cause such disconnecting trouble. Have a look again at verses 2 and 3. You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not rec- receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. There's a clear emphasis here, isn't there? Can you see the problem? It's all about you. And God is speaking to each one of us here. We are the you. And I'm sure you realize how easy it is to become self-focused, self-absorbed, and self-serving. In fact, I wonder whether our desires battle within us because we all actually do have some good altruistic desire to do good for others, whether that's for the environment, for animals, for those in poverty. But those good desires have to fight it out with our other natural selfish desires. There's the battle. And I'm sure you can see why these self-focused desires contribute to the disconnect we have to each other. If you really want to mess up a relationship, just live for yourself. Nothing messes up relationships better than selfishness. When I just want what is good for me and you just want what is good for you, working together is going to be really difficult, isn't it? You can see these, why well, these verses speak about quarrels and fights. When my selfishness runs into your selfishness, of course we're going to have to fight it out. Isn't it interesting how the Bible so clearly ent- identifies the root cause of our disconnection? In just three verses, God has exposed the deep root cause of human conflict. I want to look after me. You want to look after you. And we're going to have to fight it out to see whose selfishness gets to win. It's the history of our world. From the enormous horrors of both world wars to the more private pain of family disconnection, It all comes down to this human problem of selfishness. In our selfishness, we are all armed and ready for battle. And that means we have caused some of the disconnect problem that we're talking about today. Where is God in all of this? Does God have a solution to the problem of disconnection? Is God doing anything about this problem? We need to go back to the beginning of our passage. So we're at point two, wisdom and peace. And have a look back to the beginning of the passage. Let me read to you from the first verse, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. James introduced this whole topic by speaking about wisdom. Now wisdom is a funny word because we use it a lot and we feel like we know exactly what we're talking about when we use it, but have you ever stopped to try and define wisdom? Wisdom is more than just knowing stuff, isn't it? Wisdom is not just about intelligence. Hey, I work at a university. We understand that there is a big difference between intelligence and wisdom. Gary Larson summed it up beautifully, I think, in in this cartoon. There is the difference between intelligence and And wisdom right there. Wisdom starts with knowledge, but wisdom doesn't end with knowledge. Wisdom is about good actions which flow out of good thinking. So wisdom should be visible in the life that embraces it. Verse 13 says it, doesn't it? If you claim to be wise, then your life should reflect that. But as we read further into our passage, Jesus, uh, James shows us that there are competing views about wisdom in our world. What's the truly wise way to live? Let's read a little bit more. Uh, verses 14 to 16. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice there is what you might call wisdom in inverted commas this kind of wisdom feeds on those self-focused vices that we've just been talking about to get ahead in life and sometimes that self-focused wisdom does appear to get you somewhere you can make a lot of money living by the greed is good mantra You can climb the ladder quickly if you never give a sucker an even break. You can get ahead of others if you live by that old rugby saying, do unto others before they do unto you. And maybe you are still trying to find some joy in that kind of self-focused wisdom. I think James calls it wisdom because sadly it does often seem to work in that you get what you want. But the collateral damage to relationships is a big price to pay. God has a very different wisdom to offer to you. That self-driven lifestyle of envy and personal ambition, it puts you at war with everyone who stands in your path or tries to share the spotlight with you. But God's wisdom is very different. Let's have a read about it, verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. God's wisdom makes peace. God's wisdom cares about the needs of other people. God's wisdom is all about treating other people with respect and kindness. Can you see that the actions characterizing God's wisdom are pro relationship, not anti relationship? Actions like peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial, sincere, they are the kind of characteristics that treat others with dignity and respect. And they create peace. In relationships rather than fostering division and disconnection. And I think that's why the first verse of our passage used the word humility to describe wisdom. Humility is about not having to overpower other people. It's about being able to enjoy the strengths of others, not just to have all the strengths yourself. You see, it's it's not always about having to prove that you are the smartest guy in the room. Have you noticed that the smartest guy in the room is not usually the guy trying to prove he's the smartest guy in the room? In fact, have you noticed that the smartest guy in the room is not usually a guy? Humility is about not having to prove that you are the smartest guy in the room, the toughest guy in the pub, the funniest guy at the party. It's all part of God's wisdom that connects people together rather than disconnecting people apart. Verse 18 is right. The harvest of this kind of secure, wise behaviour is peace. Can you see that God's wise way for life is so different to all the self-focused wisdoms that we come up with ourselves when we don't listen to God. So where does this leave us? Well, we're at our last point today. Point three, where does this leave us? I suspect most of us on our own, without God, live in this hard place of wanting peace, but often starting wars. Who doesn't want more peace in their life? You would like a bit less rivalry and fighting in your relationships. I know you would. You could handle a little bit less conflict at work, in your family, and perhaps even amongst your friends. Wouldn't we all like more peace in our relationships? So, why do we so often find ourselves at war? And why so often in a war that we have started? It's incredibly frustrating, isn't it? We long for peace in our lives. But we keep sabotaging that peace and starting wars. Do you have a solution to this disconnect problem? Perhaps you try just not to care. Or do you just move on when you burn through another relationship? But is it really always just the other person's problem? Do you think the Bible is right to diagnose the root cause of the problem as selfishness? And do you think that selfishness could sometimes be yours? Perhaps the most important place, the most important step in finding a solution to this disconnection problem is to admit that I am part of the problem. I loved seeing some of the COVID memes come up with this conclusion, this very honest conclusion. Here's the first one. My commute is now from my bed to my living room, and I'm still late to work every day. I am beginning to think I am the problem. Very helpful, honest. I hate working from home, especially the people I work with. A bit too honest, perhaps. And finally, one from your very own backyard, from the St Ives community page. I went food shopping today and had the rudest, slowest, hopeless checkout person I guess it's my own fault for using the self-service lane. Beautiful, honest, very helpful. Can you face the hard reality that you are part of the problem? And can you see the wisdom in God's wisdom? Would you like a little bit more of the peace that God's wisdom can bring to your life? The way to access God's wisdom is to access God. You might have heard Christians talking about having a relationship with God. It's that relationship with God that that people like you and me can access and then access God's wisdom within that relationship. We're going to talk a lot more about how to access God and his wisdom next week and the week after. But let me first briefly, as we finish up today, show you this wisdom of God in action. See, how would you expect God to treat people like you and me who keep starting wars and hurting the people he created and he loves? Let me read to you just one last verse from the Bible up on the screen. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This verse is good news for people who are brave enough to admit that they might be part of the problem. You see, when you admit that you might be part of the problem, you might expect that God would not want a relationship with a troublemaker like you or me. But this verse gives us great hope, doesn't it? God doesn't hold troublemakers at bay until they get their act together, God doesn't wait for selfish people to clean up their own mess. God, the righteous one, went out of his way to rescue all of us unrighteous ones and he did it by paying the penalty for our unrighteousness in our place at the cross. That is the beautiful wisdom of God that we are talking about. And in his kindness, he is willing to bring you back into a relationship with himself where you can learn from his wisdom about how to live in good relationships with other people. That's what we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. So I really hope you can join us again next Sunday as we get to know the God who obviously cares about us and can help us in this really hard time. I'm going to finish by praying that God would help us all to deal wisely with these feelings of disconnection and aloneness. So would you please pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we recognize that the aloneness that we feel is about more than just COVID lockdowns. We are sorry that our selfish desires start so many conflicts and hurt the people we love. Thank you for not rejecting us in our unrighteousness. Thank you for Jesus, whose death in our place provides forgiveness and a way back into relationship with you and good relationships with others. Please help us to trust Jesus, and please bring us back into this right relationship with yourself, where we can learn your wisdom for relationships and life. We pray this through Jesus, our only hope and Saviour. Amen.
0: All right, well... I'm joined here by Carl, and a number of you have joined in on the Slido thread to be able to uh, put forward some questions, a couple of comments here as well, and we're going to tackle these, all right? So jump, jump in on this one, Carl. Um, this is a, a reaction to the talk and wor- worth interacting with. I agree, selfishness is a problem, but there are plenty of unselfish people. You paint everybody with the same brush. How do you respond?
1: Yeah, in a sense, um, this is, I think that the Bible passage talked about this. Our desires battle within us because we do have desires to do good things. And yet they are compromised by our selfish desires to look after ourselves. So each of us are very capable. Every, Every human is very capable of doing some really good things. But we've got to acknowledge that we're also more than capable of putting our selfishness at the fore and living for ourselves. So in a sense, um, the Bible's asking us to confront this really hard reality about ourselves that we are not just simply all good or all bad. There is a battle going on and, and there is an ability to do good things, but we've got to face the harsh reality that we also all have the ability to treat each other badly, living for ourselves.
0: So is it a a recognition of both, that there is great capacity for good in every person at the same time we've got to come to terms with the selfish spirit that wars within us in our desires?
1: Yes, and even more than that, God is not happy with the way our selfishness leaves his world. And so we've got to deal with the reality that uh, we've caused some of the mess, and God is not happy about that. And so next week we'll be thinking about how God has gone out of his way to, to fix our mess rather than to just wait until we clean up our own act.
0: So there's uh, a bit more pushback in here worth picking up on. Um, the idea that not everyone starts wars. Uh, are we characterising everyone? But to, to pick up this uh, fuller question, what if I have good relationships, I've been successful, uh, I give to charity and care for humanity but I don't believe there is a God.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, our, Our primary, perhaps the most significant way that our selfishness plays itself out is not even in relationship with each other. Maybe the ultimate act of selfishness is to deny there is a God who made us and who has the right to tell us how to live in his world maybe that is uh, the ultimate way that we, self, we, we live out our, our self-focus.
0: Okay, last question. Let's uh, continue with the God theme. If God is all-powerful, why does he allow humans to do so much damage to each other, so much hurt and evil?
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? And again, we've seen it in the last couple of weeks, particularly focusing on Afghanistan. It just... It just breaks your heart and moves, moves you to tears. Um, why does God allow us to do evil? Isn't it incredible? Because if I was God and I was creating people, I'd just make them do what I wanted and they wouldn't get a choice about it. It is incredible, isn't it, that God is so kind to even allow us to rebel against him and treat his world, his creation, badly. Um, that is an incredible God. What kind of God would do that Um, A very generous God who believes in human dignity and uh, who actually wants people to be able to make real decisions about life and yet a God who has, in his wisdom, worked out a way to save us from the the selfishness of our decisions. Um, If I'm God, I don't want to let people stuff things up. Isn't it amazing that God can give us the ability to to make decisions, even bad ones, and yet can work out a way to save us from the consequences of all our bad decisions?
0: Thank you, Carl. Now, that's just a couple of quick responses to a few comments. Uh, Across the course of today, there'll be more questions coming in. At the end of the day, we're actually going to film a couple more answers or reflections on some of these and we'll make them available on our website and places like that. Uh, so do please keep uh, using this uh, question opportunity. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll do the same again. So we'll build an opportunity to you know, ask questions and get more interaction. But Carl, as we look to next week, when you come back and share with us again, uh, can you give us a preview into what we might expect? Yeah, we'll
1: really be... Um, today we focused a little bit more on us. Next week we'll move to God's response to the way we've treated each other. How does God, why does God have a right to, to be angry at the way we've treated each other badly? Like We'll be thinking about how God is responding to the situation that we find ourselves in, and we'll be seeing again the, the wisdom of his response, where he is rightly concerned with the way we treat each other, and yet able to rescue us from both his anger at the way we've treated each other and the mess that we've made as we've treated each other like that. So I hope you uh, can join us as we look at God's perspective next
0: week. Yes, so thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, It's really uh, great that it's so easy from anywhere that you're watching, you can come and join us again next week for part two. And uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week.